Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. I'm Angela. So this next interview is really special for a few different reasons. For one, it's my first in-studio, in-person interview for Heaven and Healing. So now I am able to host people in real life to do interviews, which is really exciting. My husband was gracious and kind and sweet enough to literally just sacrifice his office space per his own suggestion so that we could make that possible. So I'm really, really grateful. And I thought it would be a really great way to kick off this new format by interviewing one of my really close friends, Taylor Scroggins. So Taylor's testimony is amazing. She followed Jesus her whole life, and then she turned away from him in her teenage years and early 20s and actually got involved in the new age like I was, and then eventually, praise God, came back home. So in this episode, we talk about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and how everything in the New Age and occult is all the counterfeit, perverted version, the demonic version of what the Holy Spirit has to offer us via the gift of God. And so from there, we kind of just talk about church hurt. We talk about um, why my theological views have really changed over the past six months from January 2023 until now, why I am no longer a cessationist like I was during my first whole year walking with the Lord. And I mean, we just get into a bunch of different things. I really think that you're going to enjoy this fruitful conversation. And in part two, we talk about deliverance because I know my audience has a lot of questions about that, where I stand, what I think, and what the Bible actually says about it. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. I'm Angela. This is the first in-studio, in-person interview that I am doing on the show, and I'm so excited. That is with my really good friend, Taylor Scroggins. She and I met, I think, back in January. Um, I found her on Instagram, just scrolling through reels as we all do. Saw her testimony, looked at her page, thought she was awesome. We met up at the mall. And a couple weeks later, met back up when I had some interesting questions to ask her about scripture that I had never really considered before, which we're going to talk about later. But from there, the Lord has just really used her to kind of remove a lot of scales from my eyes and to minister to me and to just be a really good friend. Honestly, we complement each other really well, which I think you're going to see play out during this two-part series that we do together. Um... It always seems like where I'm missing it, she fills in the blank and vice versa. We have very similar testimonies, very similar history. And so with that, I'm going to kind of hand it over to her and just let her tell you all who she is and where she's coming from. Hey, Taylor. Hey, (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy you're here. Me too. Um, Yeah, so my testimony, pretty much, I'll try to keep it as concise as I can, but still getting into the important parts. I grew up um, non-denominational, charismatic, Pentecostal. We were just talking about this earlier. There's so many labels. I grew up going to churches that were just full gospel, just no adding things, no taking things away, no weird ceremonies. Just if it was in the Bible, we practiced it. 
Um, and I grew up in church. My mom was really active in church and in ministry. Um, and I knew about Jesus. I grew up hearing all the Bible stories and everything, but I didn't have an encounter with him until I was 14 years old. Um, when I was 14, we were at a youth conference, um, Acquire the Fire, and we were just in worship. And I remember I lifted my hands and I was just, Lord, if you love me as much as these people, these pastors, you love me this much, you did all of this for me, you really are just chasing us down like this. You can heal the sick, you can raise dead people. Um, I had an eating disorder and I was like, just take this eating disorder away from me. I was anorexic for about a year um, from age 13 to 14. I would just starve myself. I just developed body dys dysmorphia. Like I would just look at myself and feel like I was so ugly and I would see like really, really super, super skinny, like unhealthy, skinny girls and models and be like, oh, that's the goal. That's what I need to look mm -hmm. like. And so I would just starve myself. Um, and I didn't understand that that was spiritual. I didn't even know that there was a demon that could make you think like that or want to do that. 13. Um, and so 14, so I'm at this conference and I just, I didn't know anything about deliverance. I've never heard of anything like that. I just asked God to take away my eating disorder because I didn't want it anymore. And it felt like, like bricks were being lifted off of my chest and off of my shoulders and the eating disorder left and it never came back ever again. And I just went back to life as normal eating everything normal. Um, and so my first encounter with Jesus was literally getting delivered. And I just feel like that's so funny and like foreshadowing of one of the areas where he'd really use me in ministry. Cause at least right now, that's one of the areas where I feel like I'm really, um, doing ministry, pushing back the darkness the most and really passionate about, um, telling people deliverance is real deliverance is for today deliverance is for the christian um, where there are a lot of naysayers but as a christian growing up in church that was my first encounter with jesus he cast a spirit of anorexia out of me and so after that i was in love with jesus i but always believed in him but it's just different once you meet him you know and so I was so on fire after that. I got water baptized. Um, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, my mom, my grandma, and some family friends laid hands on me, prayed that I would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, like the scripture tells us to. And then I started speaking in tongues. And after I got filled with the Holy Spirit, it was like everything in life just became so vibrant and full and beautiful and life had a purpose and i wasn't just existing and going through the motions anymore mm -hmm. but i truly felt alive um and so all throughout high school um i was on fire for god i was in love with jesus this is 14 years old so we'll skip forward 16 years old my dad comes home one day with this really big book about astrology and he's like this is amazing. You have to read this. Like, look at these zodiac signs and it tells you about your personality. And he's enamored with this book. And he hands it to me and he starts showing me all of the different things that applied to when I was born and my sun sign and all of that. And so I'm like, wow, I'm reading it. And I'm like, this is true. Like, I really identify mm -hmm. with this. And I'm like, dad, how can this be real and true if God created our personalities and he made us and our families and everything like that. I'm like, how, how does this fit in with Jesus? And he 
he's so smart. Like my dad is genuinely a brilliant man. And so he, and he just told me, he was like, oh, this is a system that God created. This is a design, the order in the universe, right? I used to say that. Yeah. Cause it sounds right, mm-hmm. but it's not. And so I believed him, you know, it's your dad. You trust them, your spiritual covering. I'm like, cool. Like it fit right in with Christianity, mm. what I thought. And so all throughout the rest of high school and college, most of it, I was an astrologer like you were. Um, Everything became about astrology. It was like my my whole world, the way I viewed people, relationships, the world, everything was through the lens of astrology. And then the Bible kind of fit in wherever it made sense. It wasn't like my foundation wasn't really on Jesus anymore. Um, and then during the time I got into astrology, I started doing yoga at school and it wasn't just like innocent stretching. Like there were chanting and humming and really crazy poses and everything worshiping Hindu deities, like in a private school in Nashville, Tennessee, like, you know, the teacher was just literally chanting Hindu worship songs over us. And I didn't think anything of it. And I remember being in class and I, she would start worshiping, chanting, whatever you want to call it. And I I literally remember getting uncomfortable and I would just under my breath speak in tongues because I didn't know what to do. But my spirit was like, what is going on? I don't like this. And it made me feel better. But I didn't have, I guess, the common sense to be like, I need to get out of this class, even though I was going all the time and feeling super uncomfortable. Um, and so that was kind of my, my testimony during high school. And then when I got into college, it just got really crazy really quickly. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm a Christian recording artist and a singer, and I'm really passionate about music. And when I graduated high school, some doors open where I had some opportunities to go into like the Christian music industry and be an artist. And I was really excited. This is what I wanted my whole life. And I felt like God was opening all the doors. And then we were moving forward. I was going to record my first album and all this stuff and then it just stopped and the door was shut and the deal just kind of my parents were like this isn't right like they didn't have a good feeling about it and they didn't want to move forward and it felt like god had put my dreams like right in front of my face and opened the door and then i saw it got excited and then just shut it Mm. and i blame my parents i was angry at god i was angry at them and i just started college with this really angry and disappointed um, heart. And so I just became friends, this big group of friends. None of them are Christian. They just wanted to party, drink, smoke, like live normal, like any normal college student. And I was like, well, they're really fun to hang out with. I like these friends. And I still identified as a Christian. I was just mad at God Mm. because I, I didn't trust him. I didn't trust my parents. I thought that I knew better. Um, it was just really spiritual immaturity and yeah so so i started like hanging out with this group of friends and drinking and partying every weekend even though i said i wouldn't it's like how long can you hang around people without them starting to rub off on you like who we surround ourselves with is so important that's why yeah i'm like so grateful to like be friends with you and have some people here in nashville and in the different churches that we can hang out with because community is I mean, what do they say? Like, show me your friends and that's who you'll be in five years, you know? So that's who I started turning into, the people I was hanging around. And by the end of my first semester in wintertime, Christmas time, 
I was full. I just woke up one morning and I was depressed and I had despair, depression, and emptiness. I just woke up and it was there. It was like the devil lured me in and I was so having fun and partying and everything was great. And then the devil just pulled the rug out from underneath me. And the more I partied, and and drank and just lived for the world the more i craved astrology the more Mm. i got into like crystals and yoga meditation and trying to see auras and opening third eye and all of that stuff it was like as the rebellion grew the hunger for witchcraft grew so much um and so i just yeah woke up in that despair and i felt like god abandoned me because he just was dangling my dreams in front of my face and I wanted a connection. I wanted purpose. I always knew the supernatural was there. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to DIY my own spirituality. I'm just going to figure it out as I go because God isn't good and he doesn't love me. And, and I just was just believing all the lies that the devil was putting in my head. And so I walked away from having relationship with the Lord and being filled with the Holy Spirit and having purpose to nothing and that emptiness was like the worst feeling in the world Mm -hmm. i i i pray i never feel anything like that i pray nobody listening feels anything like that because it's like you had the best of the best and then you just trade it all like the prodigal son to go live with the pigs live with the swines and that's where i was i was in the pig pen with the pigs like i traded everything because i was immature and i was mad and god didn't answer my prayer how i wanted him to like how immature and stupid is that he's god and i'm not and so that's where i was at at 18 years old um 19 years old and um pretty much what got me out of that the lord definitely had an amazing rescue process um really a prophet he prophesied over me um in, you know, uh, about a year ago, and he put it this way. He said, the enemy, talking about my testimony in that season that I'm talking about, he said, the enemy built a really subtle web around you, and you didn't even realize it until it was too late. Like, you were just caught in this crazy spider web, and the Lord did a mighty rescue process, and yeah, I mean, I, I can't say it in a way better than that. It was, I was so entrapped. I was so entrenched, and I couldn't have gotten out on my own. There's no way. And so um, one day I was at my family's at my mom's house and um, we had a, a family friend. She's a prophetess and she was at our house and she'd been praying for me. My mom, my grandma and um, Sandra, the prophetess, they have been praying and fasting for me for so long because they could just see on my face. They could see the demons in me. They could see the death on my face. They could see the life I was living and they were so worried, but all they could do is pray. And, um, one day she was at my house and she just looked at me and she was like, today's the day of your freedom. And I was like, okay, I don't know what you're talking about, what you mean, but take me, pray for me, do whatever you want. I am, I don't have anything else to live for. Mm. I remember driving down the street and just wishing like a car would just like crash into me and take me out because I had no purpose. I had nothing to live for. I didn't want to live. Um, I never tried to take my life, but I just didn't want to live. And so she, she took me into my bedroom and we started praying. She was like, get out your guitar and I'm playing guitar and we're worshiping. We're speaking the word of God. She's praying over me. And then she starts doing deliverance on me and it's not anything crazy. She just prays for me and she's saying every spirit of death and depression come out in Jesus name. And the spirits just started leaving me, um, depression, death, 
despair, hopelessness, rebellion, witchcraft. Um, it just, it started to come out and, and I was just being cooperative. Like I was just letting the Holy Spirit do what he wanted to do in that moment and free me whatever it looked like, however he wanted to do it. I just yielded to him and it left. And after that day, I would cry for two or three hours every single day for no reason. Nothing would be wrong. I was just so, the spirit of depression had taken over my life. Um, And so after that day, I never had depression ever again in my life. And after saying a prayer, I didn't have to go to, I didn't have to go to like counseling and therapy and a doctor and a pill and nothing wrong with those things, but that's the power of Jesus. That's what he can do. And I believe he can do that for every person. And that's what happened. And so I was changed after that. After that, I started going to church again. Um, I started getting right in my relationship with God, but I was still doing astrology. I still didn't know Mm -hmm. that astrology was wrong. I still didn't know much about the new age. So I knew smoking weed, partying, drinking, living in rebellion, being angry at my parents, being angry at God. Of course, that's evil. That's wrong. And I cleaned up my life and the Lord cleaned me off. Um, Deliverance is a lot like taking a shower. We can make it into like, the goal or like i just need if i just get delivered then all my problems will go away deliverance is an amazing tool but we get delivered and we get set free and we cast demons out so we can get closer to jesus that's the goal is relationship with him and it's a lot like just taking a shower like we need to get clean we open doors to our past and so he cleaned me off um during that that time during that session that i had and so that allowed me that that um, those chains being broken off let me go back to church without shame and want to read my Bible again and want to get right in my relationship with God. Um, and so that was the start of the rescue process. And um, I was in a relationship um, with a guy like on and off situationship and it was really stressing me out. And I really turned to astrology to help during that because it was so up and down and crazy and i was like look i just want to know if this person is even worth it or not so i'm like going Mm -hmm. to my birth chart i'm trying to see like oh who am i gonna marry who am i gonna end up with trying to because that's not really something that happens in church like you don't just walk up and be like hey prophet prophesy over me and tell me who i'm gonna marry like even i knew in the back of my head that that was witchcraft but i just didn't want to call it that i didn't think about it i didn't just sit and be like what am i actually desiring here i just wanted the quick answer because i was i don't know like you just want love and acceptance and witchcraft astrology is like a quick fix it's like a quick answer you don't have to pray you don't have to wait you don't have to seek god it's like just give me it now and so that's what i wanted and i didn't even think to say hey what does the bible say about astrology kind of like you like i was just doing it and thinking that like the two could mix um and so it was really fueling you know, maybe I need to call a psychic. Maybe I need to just look at my birth chart. Um, this unstable relationship is driving me crazy. Um, and so eventually me and the guy like end things for good. And I was totally in despair and spiraled. And I start smoking with friends and just kind of like going a, a little bit down the old path, the old life. But um, I knew better. And at that point, I, I knew what was right and what was wrong. And I'm just trying to fill the void and the heartbreak with like whatever I have available to me. So try to fill it with smoking and get some peace and feel good while a spirit of anxiety entered when I started smoking weed. Well, I'll just go out with my friends and I'll have fun. And it's like, cool, you have fun for an hour or two, but then you have to go home and you're still empty. It doesn't do anything. 
um drinking same thing like you'll feel good but then like you're drunk and you open the door for more spirits to enter like i was just trying to fill everything and i would always go back to the bible and be like you know what i've tried all these things but i only feel good after i go to church i read my bible Mm -hmm. and i spend time with god like that's the only thing that's alleviating this heartbreak and so pretty much um I've just been on the fence about astrology and and I'm using crystals and I'm trying to attract love and I'm trying to fill my heart with anything to heal it instead of just giving it over to Jesus. Um, And so finally one night in my college apartment, I just kind of had enough of it. I was like, I'm sick of like, I'm sick of just trying to do it my own way and the best way that I can. And so um, I was listening to a sermon about giving everything to God. Um, When God called the prophet Samuel when he was a little kid, um, I'm sure some of you guys know the story, he would say, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, here I am. He didn't know who was calling him. Um, And and when Samuel said, here I am, the word in Hebrew, Hanini means here I am with all of me. Here Mm -hmm. I am without reservation. And that was what the sermon was about. Here I am, God, take all of me. And I just knew that's what I had to do. And so that night, I just surrendered everything, 100% to Jesus. My heart, my relationships, my future. And um, funny enough, around that time, I started also just realizing that astrology was demonic. I remember reading my birth chart and it said that I was going to get a divorce, that I was prone to head trauma and head tumors, and all of this just really demonic speaking death and sickness and destruction over my life. And I was like, there's no way that God is in this. There's Mm -hmm. no way that God made astrology because he wouldn't put curses in my story. The Bible says that he was whipped for my transgressions and he was bruised and crushed so that I could be healed and made whole. So why is this speaking death and, and sickness over me? So I just, the scales fell off my eyes and I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. This is wicked. This is evil. And I cannot come into agreement. And that's the thing when when you come into agreement with your zodiac sign, you're coming into agreement with the birth chart. You're coming into agreement with everything astrology says about you. You don't get to pick and choose, oh, well, I'm an Aries and I'm fun and I'm exciting and I'm and I'm bold, but I'm but even though it says that I'm um I have rage and I'm angry and I'm crazy or whatever the bad things, oh, I'll just be the good things and not the bad. When you come into agreement with a demon, the demon enters and it can do whatever it wants. Um, as long as you give it permission. And to every, that point, yeah. also, when you're saying come into agreement with it, it's it's not, in my experience with astrology, it wasn't just like, well, I'm going to pick the bad or pick the good and leave the rest. It was, well, oh, I'm an Aries, so I am crazy. And it was almost yeah. like you're, like again, coming into agreement with it and also just accepting it and just allowing that, which is a sin, you know, a lot of the traits of the Zodiac Mm -hmm. are just sin. Mm -hmm. And so it was always a justification of that sin as, well, this is just who I am. Yeah. And so you come into agreement with the spirit, you come into agreement with the sin, and there is no room for the salvation, which is what we need. But yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. And like yours, every every zodiac sign is a demon. We've right. had to do deliverance session and say, Spirit of Capricorn, come out. And they're on the floor and they're screaming, and that spirit is manifesting and it leaves. So when you come into agreement with Scorpio, you're coming in that spirit, that demon brings in other spirits of lust, of pornography, of manipulation, of witchcraft, because 
I mean, that's how the devil gets you. It's like a demonic identity from hell. And once you come into agreement with that spirit and say, oh, well, I guess I am lustful. I guess I am manipulative. I'm a Scorpio. Then, okay, spirit of manipulation, witchcraft Scorpio, come on in. That's how it works. And so I got revelation of that. Um, and and God just started opening my eyes. And so um, I, I got delivered. I got delivered from all the doors I opened, astrology, witchcraft, um, crystals, manifestation, everything that I, that I messed with, auras, third eye, I mean everything. So um, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord. Um, I, I broke up all ungodly relationships and soul ties, broken and severed, got delivered, got set free, renounced, repented, shut all the doors, just gave everything to, to the Lord. And he told me, um, no relationships for one year and I want you to write for one year. And I said, okay. And so I started a blog. I started writing and that prepared me for the ministry that I'm doing today because I was just getting into the word, kind of like what you're doing now. But I, instead of a podcast, I had a blog and I would just do hours of research and getting to know God. And I would learn so much about the Bible. So that's what I did for that year. And then writing songs and writing worship music. Um, and during that time of just really consecration, like I, I shut everything out and I consecrated my entire life to the Lord. And um, he led me to work at a record label in Franklin called Full, Full Circle Music. And so, and that's where I met my husband, Jericho. And so the night I literally surrendered everything to God, he started me on this amazing journey of ministry, meeting my husband, restoring my life, um, and, and the dreams that I was so upset about because they didn't happen in my timeline, they're happening now bigger than I could have ever asked or imagined or ever knew the plan that God had for me. Like TikTok was never in the plan, social media, like sharing the gospel on Instagram, on YouTube, reaching millions of people that was never in the plan. I just would have been content writing little worship songs in my room. And there's nothing wrong with that. I still want to do that. But the plan that God had for me was so much bigger and I, Never thought that I'd be a minister, that I'd be preaching. Never in a million years did I want to do that or think that I could do it. Um, but as as I've just been letting go and surrendering everything and laying my life on the altar, I'm just blown away by all of the things because we're just vessels at the end of the day. New Age, New Age even teaches that. All the religions teach that everything is like, but in new age and in witchcraft, it's like, I'm an empty vessel. Let I want these spirits to come in like yoga. I'm channeling these spirits with the poses they're entering me. With the Bible, with Christianity, we're called to be filled with the Holy Spirit and go out into the world and preach the gospel and cast out demons and heal the sick and raise the dead and all the amazing things. Um, and so being a vessel of the Lord has been like the greatest joy and honor of my life. And I'm just happy I can do life with you. And we're able to sit here and have this conversation. So that's my testimony. <laughs> that's so good. Um, I'm so happy you shared that. Yeah, I totally relate to everything you said, but especially at the end of that testimony where you're speaking to how your life is just so much more abundant. And yeah. I don't mean that in a new age term. Yeah. Jesus said he came to give us life more abundantly, right? So your life is so much more abundant than you could have ever dreamed up for yourself. And I just relate to that so much. I never in a million years thought I would live in Tennessee. I didn't think if you would have told me two years ago that I would be married now, living in a new state, like 
genuinely, genuinely fulfilled and content with my life, I would not have believed you. And mm. that was not my plan. I didn't know, even though I, I was, I was, well, I wasn't engaged yet, but I was with the man that's now my husband at the time. I didn't know if I wanted to be married because I was having so many doubts because I was so demonized and I was living in so much sin. I was always chasing one spiritual high to the next, one sensual high to the next, trying to just fill that God-shaped hole and that would never be full, thinking that I'm going to manifest this great life eventually. Mm -hmm. And of course, using the astrology alongside that, like, oh, this year, I just have to wait for my Saturn return. As soon as my Saturn return happens, then I'll have learned all my lessons and things will get easier. Like just waiting on the next zodiac basically for my life to unfold and my life since i've surrendered to god's will instead of trying to manifest my own will or live on my own terms living by god's terms just being obedient to his word and to his spirit and to what you know my prayer life it is so much greater. And that's not to say that, you know, coming to Jesus is like sunshine and rainbows. The gospel tells us there will be tribulations. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be persecution. 100%. It's not like a life void of hardship, but it's a life where the hardship is is purposeful because yeah. you know that there's eternity waiting for you and with every hardship that you have to endure in this life it's an opportunity to lean and be so dependent on god yeah like like you can't even imagine and that's how your relationship with him really grows like in the valley mm -hmm. in the trenches um whereas before you know the new age teaches you when you're in those trenches to make friends with your shadows, mm. right? Make friends with your demons. Like that is literal new age vocabulary. Make friends with the demons. Wow. And do the shadow work. And, you know, if you work through the shadows, then you'll get to the light sort of mindset. I never did. I never did shadow work. Like what, what do you, what does that look like to actually sit down and, and make friends with your demons? It's essentially now that, you know, now that I've seen deliverance, it's essentially sitting there manifesting. You're sitting there sobbing, oh my God. crying, shaking, yelling. Um, I have a video of myself in when in 2020 in quarantine and I, rec I recorded it of me just sitting there expressing like my, my childhood trauma and the relationship I never had with my dad. And it is, it's like me, like pulling my hair, sobbing, wow. like wanting to scratch myself. It, it's really sick. Um, because in quarantine too, we were encouraged in within like the new age community to, this is a time for kind of like the the caterpillar goes into the cocoon and then like the butterfly will emerge. So just wait, the butterfly's coming, but right now you're in the cocoon, so be in the darkness. And it's really just kind of making wow. a pact with your darkness. Like wow. I have the, it's kind of like what I just said about astrology. It's like, oh, I have this darkness about me. I have these demons, I have, and of course saying I have these demons is just supposed to be like a like a, a euphemism yeah. when it's it's literal like yeah. oh i just have these demons like this is the sadness that i've carried since childhood and you have to sit with the sadness in order to heal it <sighs> sort of heavy. thing and it is so heavy wow whereas now like when you come to the lord all that stuff that's when you take it to him yeah 
And there is so much freedom in that that people just completely undermine and don't and think like that we're, you know, that we somehow lost our way because we both left the new age. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you don't get it anymore. You're not really yeah. spiritual because well, there's no freedom in Christianity. And what's so funny is I have never been more spiritual ever in my life because when I'm in the church and when I'm following the word of God, I'm seeing demons cast out. I'm seeing sick people heal. I can't tell you how many sick people in front of my eyes, healings, miraculous things. I've seen legs grow out. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs. I've seen people with broken bones have bones fused together in front of me. I've seen paralyzed people get up and walk. I've been physically healed myself. I couldn't move my neck. I had friends to pray for me and immediately all the pain was gone. I could move. I didn't have to go to the doctor. I've seen so many amazing things and I mean, yeah, the enemy can try to counterfeit, but back to your point of, you know, of sitting in the darkness versus when we go through valleys with the Lord, it's, it's about refining it. Like you said, like Mm. the pain is purposeful. Whenever we're going through a hard season with the Lord, he's literally refining us. He's putting us through the fire. That's how gold becomes gold. It gets in the fire. All the impurities rise to the surface. They clean it out and the gold is more valuable. It's more expensive. That's how diamonds are made under pressure. That's how anointing oil is made. The grapes get crushed. And so in the crushing with the Lord, that's actually like when you see a minister and you're like, wow, they're so anointed. It's because they've been crushed. They've laid their wow. life down. They've laid themselves on the altar. They've, they've laid themselves down on the operating table and said, God, remove whatever you want to remove from me. Heal me. Do whatever you want. Open heart surgery on me, Lord. That's how the anointing comes is through crushing, through hard situations, but leaning on God in the valley, going through it with him. Um, and, and, and that's what we have versus new age says, sit with your demon and cry and pull your hair out versus be crushed and become anointed and carry the power of the Holy spirit. And then you go and share your testimony and set other people free. Like, and, and I've, I've lived in both and you've lived in both. And the difference is it doesn't even compare. Mm -hmm. Like even in the darkest season of my life, I've never been more full of peace and joy because when you really have Jesus, nothing else matters. Even if, you know, what, what's the worst that can happen to me? You kill me? Well, I go and I be with the Lord. There's You cannot kill a Christian because our spirit goes on. We have eternity with the Lord. And so there's no fear. There's nothing anybody can do to me, really. I mean, think about it. The worst thing that can happen to you is you die. Right. And then you're in heaven for eternity. And so this life that we have now, it's just, there's no words. Like, Jesus, he's done everything. And it's amazing we can partner with him and be his vessel. Amen. Sorry to interrupt this episode. Just want to say that if you feel led to sow into the Heaven and Healing Ministry, you can do so at donorbox.org. I will put that barcode up on the screen for you to just scan from your phone nice and easy. And if you're listening, you can scroll down into the show notes and find the link there. Now, you also have the option to partner financially via Stripe or Venmo. Same thing. I will put the barcodes on the screen. And if you're listening, just scroll down to the show notes to find the links there. Folks, Heaven and Healing Podcast is entirely viewer-sponsored. So whatever financial contributions you are able to make really goes a long way. So if the Lord puts it in your heart to just give freely, I would really appreciate it. Everything helps. If you are not led to donate financially, I do just ask that you continue to pray protection over me and the ministry. Thank you so much. 
I wanted to touch on the fact that your story is like that of apostasy. Like you were, you were in it, you believed in Jesus and then you left. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of messages from people that express that maybe, you know, they had a kid or they have a friend that grew up loving Jesus. And then somewhere along the way, just like you with your dad introducing you to astrology, a door was open, they go through the door, and then Mm -hmm. it's just like a domino effect from there. So I think that you just, your testimony alone just proves that it doesn't matter. Like, you know, it's one thing for someone like me who never knew the love of the Lord Mm -hmm. to walk so far away from him, but it's another thing for someone who has actually experienced Mm -hmm. Jesus to turn their back. And I think it just gives a lot of hope to people to know that even if there's someone in your life that has turned their back from Jesus, they're still not too far gone. Yeah. So can you speak to kind of that experience of really walking away and coming back to him and what that looked like in terms of obviously you were more depressed and you were living for the world versus living in the spirit and living for Jesus. But can you speak to um, someone who is going through that? who has someone in their life that's going through that and what kind of prayer you would offer for them or solace advice, anything like that. Yeah. Um, honestly, <laughs> life is not going to get better until you give your life to Jesus. And it's hard to hear. People don't want to hear it because I think the number one thing is church hurt. I think a lot of people are hurt by the church um, they're hurt by, by ministers, by people. Usually that's why they leave. I think my story, I, I definitely think it happens, but not as much as I see church hurt. Like I was just dumb. <laughs> I was just dumb and I was immature and I got mad at God because he didn't do what I wanted him to do. I, I am not God. I am not all powerful. I'm not all knowing. And now I look back and I said, if, if I became some sort of little Christian artist and trying to do full-time ministry fresh out of high school, I would not have been ready. I don't, I wouldn't have known I'd be talking about. I wouldn't have been able to handle it. I know I wouldn't looking back now. And so trusting God, trusting that he's sovereign, that he's all knowing and perfect. But I want to, I do want to speak to the church hurt people because, you know, that's so real. There are horrors that happen. There is molestation. There's abuse. There is, there's cults that claim that Mm. they're Christian and it's literally a cult. It's demonic. There's all sorts of horrendous experiences, but we have to understand in the core of our being that if a human being hurt you, that does not mean that Jesus hurt you. And I wish and people say that and they've heard it, but if they could just catch that revelation, Jesus did not hurt you. Jesus did not say it was okay for you to be abused and molested in church and to cover it up. God actually hates that. God actually wants justice to happen. God wants to heal you. But because the people in the church handled it wrong, you said, well, I don't want anything to do with that God. Well, that God that says it's okay to cover it up, that's not Jesus. And so people have to have that encounter with him. They have to know him. They have to Um, understand that the Lord is not ever okay with abuse. He's not okay with covering things up. Um, He is a God of justice, of goodness and mercy. And I think if you can walk away from a church because of what people did, not because of what God did, I don't think, Mm. I would argue that they probably haven't met Jesus because if you really knew him, you would know that that's not his character. And so I would say, just cry out to him 
and and don't and and cry out for him cry out for an encounter get to know him for yourself read the bible for yourself ask god to show you ask him who he is okay lord if you're if you're real if this is your word if you love me show me i open the door for you to come in i don't know what it looks like i don't know how it looks like i've got a bible i I want to know you if you are this good god and you say you love me i don't think there's anything wrong with asking him for crying out and it was actually from your testimony in your moment of despair when you cried out to jesus he actually did appear to you he met you he freed you he revealed himself to you and we have to have that encounter for ourselves. Your grandma's faith isn't going to save you. Your parents' faith, the church that hurt you, none of that has honestly anything to do with your salvation. You having a personal relationship with the God who made you and loves you and no other religion, partying, drinking, the relationship, getting married, having kids, nothing will ever fill that void. You will be unhappy your entire life like I was. And so I would say in a very loving way, you got to get past that church hurt and you got to get to the feet of Jesus and you really have to forgive those people. Don't let bitterness and unforgiveness towards imperfect people literally keep you from eternal salvation. Mm. How will you feel at the end of your life? Your life is over and you want and eternity is right there at the door. And you said, oh, because somebody in church was mean to me. I didn't want anything to do with God. How? I mean, think about that. But there's so many people that are literally going to hell because somebody treated them wrong. And it's not okay that they treated them wrong. But why are you going to let that person take take your salvation away? Right. Keep you from finding out a good God who loves you. So, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's heavy. <laughs> While you were... I don't mean to jump around so much, but there's so much about your testimony that I want to talk about. Um, and I know a lot of my audience is going to have questions because they already have questions for me because they have sort of seen my theology, um, my theology just kind of change throughout the year. And I mean, that's understandable. I was only saved for one year and I chose to put myself out there. And I mean, I did that because God really instructed me to, he really wanted me to put my story out there, my testimony out there. He wanted me to put these episodes out. There was never this moment where he would say like, oh, now you'll be ready. It was the second I got saved, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to start making disciples because of his, of his word, because we overcome by the, the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So I had a lot to learn along the way and I still do. We all do. You know, there's going to be things when we get to heaven, all of us, he's going to say, you got that wrong. You got that wrong. Every single one of us. Um, And so again, long way around the barn. That being said, a lot of my audience has questions about the way my theology has changed. And that is kind of speaking to some of the things that you said, like you had mentioned being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So can you kind of explain to people what that means if they've never heard that before? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so John the Baptist, um, in the gospels, he actually, uh, he says that I, I come and I baptize with water, but, um, one is coming. The Messiah is coming to baptize you with fire and the Holy spirit. Um, Jesus said, John baptized in water and I'm baptizing in fire in the Holy spirit. And so we, we see in the scriptures that there are two separate baptisms that we should get as Christians water baptism and the baptism of the holy spirit the word baptized just means to be immersed um and so we immerse ourselves in the water to publicly declare like my old life is going down in the grave like jesus went down in my new life i'm being resurrected in him um and and baptism of the holy spirit um 
in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, let me pull it up. Um, Jesus tells us exactly what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So in Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is essentially telling his disciples and his followers that I have to go away. This is after he's resurrected and he's appearing to them. He says, I have to go away um, so that the Holy Spirit can come. Hmm. And so when he comes, when he comes upon you, you will receive power. Um, And so the the disciples the followers of jesus were waiting for the holy spirit in the upper room and the holy spirit came and fell upon them and and tongues of fire settled on them they were baptized in the holy spirit they started speaking in tongues and they were empowered and then they went out and they preached the gospel and thousands of people in that day converted to christianity and joined the church and the church spread like wildfire um there's another account in the book of acts where um, the disciples go, they're traveling. I don't remember exactly what city or the names, but they're traveling and they come and they said, uh, there were new believers in the city and they said, oh, hey, um, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they were like, what's that? We just received the baptism of John. We received John's baptism of water. And then I think it was Peter or Paul. They, I think it was Peter. They laid hands on the whole group as a family and they received the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts started manifesting. And so we do see that these are two separate baptisms throughout the gospels and the book of Acts and in the early church. Um, and that was kind of what I was talking about in my story. After I got water baptized, my family laid hands on me and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that's really when I started walking in the power of the Lord and that's how like you can see ministers cast demons out and pray for the sick people and they're healed. That's the power. Um, the whole, the gifts of the spirit, they're activated by the Holy Spirit um, through that power that comes upon us. We're not called to be powerless Christians. I mean, I think it's really silly that people think that there's power in the new age, but there's no power from God, that the devil can give you spiritual gifts, but God can't. Well, the devil doesn't create, he just copies. What is he copying? The real thing. He's got the counterfeit. Um, And so, yeah, we can say a prayer at the end for anybody who wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or delivered or anything like that. But yeah, baptism of the Holy Spirit is for every Christian. And I would argue and I believe that you cannot live a full Christian life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit because how can you pray for the sick, cast out demons, go out into the earth, make disciples, use the spiritual gifts um, to witness without the Holy Spirit, without his power resting on you. When the Christian gets saved, it says in the Bible that the Holy Spirit indwells you. At the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit indwells, but it's an indwelling is different than power coming upon you and filling you and immersing you. So it's not one or the other. It's I, You have the Holy Spirit, but do you want like that power surging through you? Ask him to baptize you. Mm. and And that's what it is. Mm, that's really good that's a really good differentiate differ and she i can't say that word you know what i mean yeah <laughs> i um i never really thought of it that way until you just said it but that cl- something in me just clicked when you mentioned i that. saw the light bulb i was like oh wow um yeah i heard that from you when i started and in part two we'll get more into the topic of deliverance because my audience has so many questions about that um, I've been, I've been coming out about it here and there, but I don't think people really understand. So I will share my experience with you in terms of what happened to me, what the Lord did with me and through me. Um, 
and we can do a deliverance prayer at the end of part two. I would love at the end of this episode if you would do a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, but I like that you said that, you know, the moment we are saved, we do receive the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, but there's a difference between having the power of the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. And to be clear, we don't get saved for power. We get mm -hmm. saved for salvation. But it is something in the word that the Lord calls us to be, just like everything else that he commands mm -hmm. of us, right? Um, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Um, and so something else I wanted to ask you to that point. So do you, you do believe, because you just said it, but I want to make it clear for the audience. You do believe that the moment you receive Jesus in faith, you are saved, that you don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to be saved. Is that mm -hmm. correct yeah. to say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to make that clear for everybody. Um, not saying that you not, you need a water baptism or you need a baptism of the Holy Spirit to be saved. Just saying that following God's word and receiving all that he has to offer will give you that abundant life that Jesus talks yeah. about in John 10, 10. Yeah. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the, the gift. He's, he's a person, right. he's a spirit, he's our helper. And he also uses the word gift. It's like, why wouldn't you want a gift that God has for you? Right. I want a gift that you have for me. Like if you came and said, I have a gift for you, I'd be like so excited. The Lord of the universe, your creator. So I think it's silly when people are like, I don't need all that. It's like, I want every gift that God wants to give me. Like mm. I, I asked for all the spiritual gifts and right. I've operated in all of them because you ask, like mm -hmm. ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive, literally scripture. Mm -hmm. And that is, like I was saying, something that I heard from you first um, back when I was kind of straddling the fence of cessationism versus i don't even like saying continuationist because <laughs> it's silly what? right yeah. it's just <laughs> it's just the bible it's just the bible exactly yeah. but just for the sake of having some sort of vocabulary to it i was straddling the fence of that in toward the beginning of this year in real time it's right now july 2023 so this was in like january 2023 um I heard you say on your story exactly what you just said, that you mean to tell me that the devil can give people supernatural power, but God isn't giving anyone spiritual gifts. And yeah. when you said that, something in me was just like, wow, because, you know, I come from, and, and you experience this too, that there is real supernatural ability and a supernatural experience in the new age that's why people are in it they're yeah. in it for the spiritual high they're in it for for the the feeling they're in it for what they're searching for in the holy spirit they just yeah. don't know it mm -hmm. it's exactly that though it's a counterfeit because like you said the devil can't create he distorts he perverts he copies he corrupts he's stealing from god mm -hmm. he's making his own disgusting perverted version of the spiritual gifts and you had spoken earlier in your testimony about how you wanted that like quick access you wanted that quick access yeah. and it's like well the spiritual gifts come in god's time and the the i i don't even like saying the word gift yeah counterfeit, um, counterfeit the counterfeit gifts of the new age of the occult of the devil they just come to you sort of like a drug. It's just something yeah. like it's like a quick hit. It's just right. something that you can snort, have it in your system, mm -hmm. and then you just you get a super you get super low from that. You come down from that and you just need it again and need it again. With God, like you have his Holy Spirit, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. As long as you're remaining obedient to him, like you're gonna have that anointing. Yeah. Um, can you talk about 
as we start to transition, we're going to transition into the second part of this, but to kind of leave the audience with an idea of what the second episode will be more detailed about, can you talk about the difference? Like when we say counterfeit gifts, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit and what does that look like as the counterfeit version that we may be familiar with if we come from the new age? Yeah, let me pull up like all nine okay so there are nine manifestations spiritual gifts um not manifesting like law of attraction i'm trying to manifest but the power of god showing up tangibly there's nine gifts that are listed in scripture in first corinthians and the nine gifts i'll just go like like you said i'll do one and then i'll give the counterfeit so the word of wisdom is god gives you an utterance he gives you a word of wisdom for a situation for yourself or somebody else um, that's really just, it's from him. It's from the Holy spirit. And so wisdom, I mean, people go to like a psychic, people will go to astrology. They'll try to go to some sort of diviner, um, any sort of divination tool. I remember when I was in astrology and I had a problem, I would always go and try and look up like, well, what does the moon say? Well, what, what season are we in? Or what does my birth chart say about this? I was trying to get clues on how I should move forward with the problem that I had. Um, that's the devil's counterfeit for God giving you a word of wisdom. Um, another uh, gift of the spirit is the word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is, you know, God tells me, and uh, the Lord really has been using me in the word of knowledge a lot lately, just during the season I'm in. Um, the Lord will just say, um, let's say I'm doing a deliverance. This happens a lot. And the Holy Spirit will say when she was six years old, she was bullied and the spirit of rejection entered. That's for me to know so I can know how to pray for someone or do a deliverance or minister and be like, did this happen to you? Yes, okay, spirit of rejection, you have to go. That's just an example. Or when someone's prophesying, sometimes people, prophecy, word of wisdom, and word of knowledge, like these are all words that God is speaking when people operate, and so they can kind of get them mixed up, but the truth is like those gifts typically flow together. Like it wouldn't be, um, random for someone to be prophesying over you and then tell you something oh when this when you were this age or this happened to you but god is saying that he's going to bring you out and da, da da so those gifts operate together so people don't even know like word of wisdom word of knowledge and prophecy there's even a difference um and so for all of those for the prophetic for a word of knowledge and for a word of wisdom it's going to a psychic, going to astrology, any form of divination, palm reading, word of knowledge, right? What happened in my past? Well, on your hand, it says that you grew up this way and that way and whatever garbage that they tell you. So that's the counterfeit for hearing God's voice. I need to go to my psychic. I need to go and blah, blah, blah. So um, discerning of spirits, that's another spiritual gift. This is the ability, the Bible says, to distinguish between good and bad spirits, between the demonic and from God. Um, discernment is not, oh, I just have like a bad vibe. I have a bad feeling. That's just your intuition. That's just your gut. Most people have that. Discernment is I'm walking into a room. There's a spirit of perversion in this room, in this atmosphere, on this person. I need to bind it. We're going to pray. Holy Spirit, come, whatever you need to pray. Or let's say that you're listening to somebody preach and your discernment's like, no, this is a doctrine of demons. This is not a doctrine of the Lord. And the gift of discernment is an amazing gift. I would tell everybody, ask God for this gift because we're in the last days. There's false teachers. There's false prophets running amok. They're going viral on social media, in the churches, out of the churches, everywhere. 
Um, and so the gift of discernment is really powerful and in new age people try to see auras they try to see energies and do all this stuff was there anything in new age like when you're in it that kind of sounds like a counterfeit of discernment i'd be curious yeah i mean it is it is like you said it's the vibe thing Mm. do they pass the vibe check essentially Mm. yeah um and you know i want to say something really quick on that point is it's funny how a lot of people who claim that the spiritual gifts are not for today will say that they have the discernment that the spiritual gifts are not for I've today. I never thought about that. That's but hilarious. that's a spiritual gift. So <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but that's just that's just something yeah, like, that I just put together as you're speaking. They'll be like, I my discernment is going off. It's like you don't believe in the spiritual gifts. What discernment? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's like either you believe in all of his gifts or none at all. That's like, amazing. I suppose. Yeah. And that's not to come at anybody. That's just like, here's some perspective that you actually, if you so believe good. you have discernment, you do believe in the gifts of the spirit. Yeah. What's wrong with the rest of them? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so good. Quick break in the episode to tell you that if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, give it a five-star rating and written review on whatever platform you listen. If you're watching on YouTube, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel and leave some love in the comments. It really helps with the algorithm. Send this to a friend, share it to your Instagram story and tag me so that I can say thanks. So um, the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Um, so demonic tongues. Channeling. I've heard. I've heard. I've, I tried to channel. I mean to cut you off. But when I good. when I heard you speak on Isaiah's podcast about the demonic tongues, I thought back to when I used to listen to people that my audience knows I thought I was a star seed. I mm-hmm. used to listen to people that would say that they're communicating with the star seeds. And I heard, and they would they would channel the aliens like the Pleiadian beings, and they would Ooh. they would make sound that like you know sounds I've heard like it. sounds like tongues, but it's not. And now yeah. that I've heard, you know, it's way different. It's crazy though. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that exists. Yeah. yeah, they they call it light language. Right? Light language. Yeah, yes. I saw it. I never believed any of that stuff, but I've seen TikToks of girls like literally speaking in demonic tongues, saying I'm doing light language i'm going to teach you how to speak a light language I'm like that's a demonic tongue and yeah we we did a deliverance last night and um a woman started speaking a demonic tongue like we were praying for her and then it sounded like you know like um middle eastern people do this at weddings or like native americans do it it's like a like it sounds like that she started like screaming it and it was a demonic tongue and we bind it in jesus name and and she stopped but yeah, it's and if you ever encounter that in a church service or you're praying for someone and that happens, just I I bind every demonic tongue in Jesus' name and it'll stop. But yeah, there's demonic tongues, channeling, automatic writing is it's not a tongue, but it's a language. Like right. people invite the demon to write through them. That's demonic. Um, and the interpretation of tongues. So if they're interpreting that demonic tongue. Um, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the working of miracles. And so healing, Reiki, witch doctors, um, drink this potion, say this spell, all of that garbage. In the Bible, we're just, we lay hands on the sick. In Jesus' name, we pray for healing. Every sickness must go in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, heal them. And I just want to make it very clear because there are a lot of people who they get angry when you start talking about praying for the sick and casting out demons it's not in our power like we've been saying the whole episode we're vessels and you're going to be filled with the holy spirit or you're going to be filled with another kind of spirit and 
it's not in our power that we pray for people. If you're filled and if you're immersed and empowered and his power is upon you and within you. And also I want to make it clear too, when Jesus is talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, he uses the word upon. And so there's a difference even in the biblical mm. text. It says that the Holy Spirit indwells us when you're saved. The So indwell and upon, It's it, every single time it uses those two words. And so there's a difference even in um, the Greek and in the Hebrew. It's in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so when that power is filling you, it's upon you and you're just saturated in the Holy Spirit and you go and you lay hands on someone, tell me how the Lord's not going to touch them. If if you're soaking wet, if, if I just got out of the pool and I'm soaking wet and I give you a hug, you're going to like the water is going right. to get on you too. If you're drenched in the Holy Spirit, the anointing is going to touch all the people. That's how the apostle Paul and Peter, like their sh Peter's shadow would pass by and people would literally get healed because the anointing and the glory and the power of God was on him so heavy it just whoever was around in the vicinity was touched there were some stories in the book of acts where they went into different towns and it said every person was healed every person was delivered in that crowd like that's what we're called to walk in as christians um and so i got on a little rant there but yeah the gift of healing and we should be praying for sick people and seeing that healed and then um working of miracles what do you say to people that maybe have been praying for healing or praying healing over people and it just doesn't happen? Um, I mean, that's real. It happens sometimes. Um, Jesus told his disciples that your faith, like your faith is so weak. Like we, did you, they said we couldn't cast this demon out. And he said, you have little faith. You know, this is wicked. Um, and so we have to make sure that when we pray for somebody, we're praying in faith. And if we are praying in faith and nothing happens, you have to trust God. Um, and maybe that person has, sometimes when Jesus would heal people, um, sometimes he would cast a demon out and then they would be healed. So the demon was causing the sickness or it was just a physical illness. And he said, be healed. He touched them and they were healed. And so if you pray for someone and they don't get healed, they could have a spirit of infirmity that needs to be cast out, not just laid hands upon. Um, they could have unforgiveness. They could be unrepentant. Like they could have people um can be blocking their own healing and their own salvation and sometimes it doesn't have anything to do and then if the person has repented if they've forgiven it's not a spirit and you're praying in faith then at that point it's trusting the lord and knowing that he's going to heal them or it's a process i've i know people who um have prayed um and there was a girl brought to a to a crusade in the philippines from my old church pastors and her arm was totally like like bent the bone was deformed and bent this way and they brought her up to the front and he was like, oh man, like you're God, this is on you. Like I, I can't, I don't have any healing. This is going to be like a very, everyone can see this. So they pray for the girl, nothing happens, she, but they pray in faith. They go home and then like a week or two weeks later, they bring her back to the service and her arm is literally completely healed. And every day it just got better and better. And so like there is another aspect of trusting the Lord during the healing process too. That's beautiful. Okay, go on. Finish up with the with the <laughs> gifts and then we'll move on. Yeah, um, and then the gift of miracles. Um, the miraculous, Jesus turning water into wine. That's that's an example of the gift of miracles. I have a funny story about that gift. Um, I, I, I think there's only one time where I've seen that gift like in my own life happen, but it was pretty funny. But, and then witchcraft, right? Like you could do a spell and anything crazy and right. like, anything. You can make anything happen. Like um, 
like in Exodus, when Moses throws his rod on the floor and it turns into a snake and then the witches copy it and they can turn theirs into a snake too. Um, but I, I remember one time I was on a mission trip in my high school with non-believers and my friend, I on mission trips, man, I don't know what happens to me. My faith is like on another level. I'm just so expectant. And my friend, her suitcase was like locked and it wouldn't open and the lock was completely broken. And I was just feeling bold. I said, let me pray for your suitcase. I believe God is going to open it. And she was like, what? Everyone, the Christians, the teach, everyone was like looking at me like she's crazy. And I, I don't know why. I was just so full of faith. I laid, I prayed for the suitcase. I laid hands on the suitcase. And I said, Lord, I know you can open this suitcase. I believe you can do it because she was an atheist. I said, Lord, show oh. Chloe that you're real. And we prayed. I said, open it. She touches it and the lock breaks. It literally, she just touched it. It breaks and falls off and her suitcase is open. And everyone was like, I was like, (laughs) God is so fun. Yeah. And so I saw Jesus do a miracle. Like it was literally broken. She tried maybe 50 times and we just prayed and said, Lord, show her. And through something like, I mean, who knows? Nothing too big or too small. Yeah. Yeah. And a miracle is just something that it, something that can't happen in the natural, you know? And so the devil has a counterfeit, but don't, don't miss out on the real thing just because you've had the counterfeit. And don't listen to these false teachers that say there's no spiritual gifts just because they had a counterfeit and they haven't tasted the real thing. Like, why wouldn't you want a gift that God has for you? Why wouldn't you want to experience the fullness? And walking in the spirit and in the power of God and being filled with him, it makes life so much fun. Like you just said, God is fun. I wake up so excited every day because I don't know what God is going to do. I mean, there's so many times where I've just like met somebody just walking down the street and hey, can I pray for you? And God will deliver them or heal them or something amazing will happen. Or I mean, it's just so exciting like living that life um, with the Holy Spirit instead of just like dead, stale Christianity. Amen. <laughs> so to to that, um, we are going to wrap up the first episode. And then the second part, we are going to share more about the topic of deliverance. Because again, audience has a lot of questions about that. Let's do it. Um, so would you close out in a prayer, just kind of inviting the Holy Spirit to rest, as you said, upon whoever's yeah. listening and wants to receive? Yeah, let's pray. Um, Lord, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you for Angela. I thank you for this ministry for her podcast. I thank you for every person who's listening right now. Um, Lord, you know their hearts. You know what they're going through. And I just pray that you would, even right now, God, show them and reveal to them how much you love them, that your love would begin to just saturate their entire being from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. I pray that they would encounter your radical and life-changing love right now. And if you want to give Jesus your heart, your entire heart, like we talked about, Hineni, everything without reservation, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I surrender everything to you right now. I repent. I turn away from my sins. I want to follow you completely for all the days of my life. Just pour your heart out to the Lord and lift your hands and just ask, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, baptize me in your fire like the scripture says. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you would baptize every person under the sound of my voice in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that your fire and your power would rest upon them, would saturate them, would immerse them, that they would feel your presence and your power, Holy Spirit, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, and that your fire would burn away any doubt, would burn away all false teaching, would burn away anything that would keep them from you. Let it be consumed by the fire of the Holy Spirit, 
by the baptism of fire. And so Holy Spirit, take over. Take over every part of us. We give you everything now. We lay ourselves on the altar and ask that your fire would completely consume us, immerse us, and dwell us forever in Jesus' name. And I pray for an activation of the spiritual gifts. And if you have, if there's a spiritual gift you want, just ask your father. He's a good father who knows how to give good gifts and ask in faith and believe. And so God, I pray for an activation of the gift of tongues, of prophecy, of healing, of discernment for interpretation of tongues, the gift of faith. God, I pray and I believe that the gift of faith is being poured out upon your people right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And so Lord, we love you. We love you with or without gifts. We love you with or without power. We just want you, Holy Spirit. And these these things that you give us, these wonderful, beautiful gifts are just to multiply your kingdom. They're just to go out and pray for people and then you touch them and you heal them and then they come to church and they want to follow you. So give us the gifts so we can witness. Give us the gifts so we can evangelize, so we can bring more people to you. That's the purpose. We love you, Holy Spirit. We honor you. We adore you. We worship you. Fill us. Be with us. Surround us. Surround our families. Protect us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. That was amazing. Praise God. Yeah.